If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast. My name's Julia and today we've got Catherine on the show. And Catherine is a graduate of mine from way, 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 way back. I think you (laughs) joined the collective in 2016, um, which must have been really one of the early years of me running it online. And I know you'd been a doula already, a postpartum doula for a few years um, in the States. And I think you worked in a few different cities and, and then started your own agency. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Do you want to introduce yourself in your own words, Catherine? Sure, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, we spoke. I, you're right. I had been a postpartum doula myself for a few years, uh, probably about three at that point when I was thinking of opening my agency. And um, be, it, I was first a postpartum doula in New York area, and then we moved to San Diego. And I was just finding that um, you know, I was getting more inquiries than I could really handle, but I was also hearing from families over and over um, sort of how hard it was to find the support they needed. They weren't really sure what they should be looking for, what to ask doulas that they were interviewing. They were coming across a wide range of answers to their questions and, and a wide range of, you know, professionalism and qualifications. And so I just saw a, really, a real need to kind of connect doulas. I knew lovely doulas who did wonderful work um, and this need to connect doulas with families um, in a way that was easier instead of adding to the family's overwhelm. And so that was really my initial inspiration for starting an agency. Yeah, I love it. So it's really about, it's like a matchmaking service. It's really about mm-hmm. finding the right doula for the right client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a little bit of quality assurance, like, you know, someone that, that we can vouch for and we know that they've been reliable and they've gotten good feedback from other families, et cetera. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And um, your background is in mediation and dispute resolution, which must be also really good kind of skills to have when you're doing that kind of work. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It was it was a big change, but uh, of course you can imagine how in the postpartum doula training, I thought I was make, taking such a left turn. And then all of the talk about non-judgmental support and self-determination <laughs> and helping people make informed choices. It was like, oh, this, this feels very much, very comfortable to me. Um, but then, yes, there's, there's, of course, some ongoing need for feedback if there's constructive criticism from the families periodically um, or just misunderstanding sometimes where the doula or the family might want us to act as a um, you know, go between or clear something up. And um, so, yeah, my background, you know, helps with that. And that, that is, I think, one of the benefits of, of working with an agency, right, is that there is someone else in the relationship if needed. Yeah, I think that's really great. We've recently had some uh, a quite highly publicized dispute with a doula here where I live that where the client didn't understand that, you know, the the payment for the work because she couldn't attend the birth, but then she'd done all of mm. the other birth preparation and they didn't understand that that deposit was 
you know, non-refundable because it was covering that aspect of the work. Anyway, it was just a really yucky, yucky situation. And the doula was actually, um, you know, the, the our consumer protection got involved and said the doula was, you know, that was in her contract and that was within her right not to refund that. But that didn't really matter. It got messy and it got in the yeah. media and it was really bad for everyone. So yeah. I can yeah. imagine there are really like, there are just, for everyone that this this can happen and and it's really good to have a third party to make sure everyone's on the same page and they understand um, what the responsibilities are and what the payments are and what the contract means and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you started an agency. Why why so you've talked a little bit, I guess that's why families would use an agency to help them find the right doula and also to, I guess, to give them that better understanding of, of how it all, all works and, and potentially to resolve any disputes that might come up or misunderstandings. But why would a doula join an agency? Yeah, great question. So, you know, over the years, um, there have been a number of reasons why someone might join an agency, but I think some of the ones that we see um, over and over again are, um, let's see, when I was first starting and I, I, I told you that I would hear from families over and over, you know, um, how overwhelming the process could be from them, for them. I was also, you know, meeting doulas for coffee and getting to know doulas in my area since I had moved recently um, and hearing from them sort of how lonely it felt. And you and I were just talking about this a little bit before recording um, that you, you know, get started on this career path, but it's a little bit unknown and untraditional and, um, and they felt like they, you know, loved the work, but weren't always sure about running a business or maybe not interested in running a business. Um, and they felt um, sort of alone in the whole thing. So a lot of doulas will join an agency just for that, you know, to have some camaraderie, to have kind of a team um, that can have a number of benefits. You know, one of them might be backup support if um, a doula gets sick or has to cancel for some reason. Um, it could also be sharing jobs. So we have some doulas that like only do daytime shifts or only do overnight shifts. And if there's a family that wants a combination, it's, you know, less work for the doula to figure it out um, and less work for the family. Um, if we can say we have the perfect day doula and the perfect night doula and they'll work together. Um, so the, and, and then one of the things, you know, my agency has always done is, is um, periodic meetings with the team, sometimes guest speakers. So a lot of them would just describe, you know, um, like I said, sort of feeling alone, feeling like they're working in, in isolation or in a vacuum and that camaraderie and that, um, you know, professional support was important to them. Mm. So that's one big reason. Um, of course, another one is connections to job opportunities. So, you know, there might be doulas who, and, and this could apply, you know, some of these benefits seem sort of like they might appeal more to a newer doula. And for, in some cases, that's true. But even some of the more experienced doulas, um, you know, there's always busier times and slower times or, um, and some of we've had very experienced doulas, doulas who've been working for 10 or 15 years on their own, um, prefer to work with an agency just to sort of um, shed some of the administrative tasks and some of the, the business-related work involved. Um, because as you know, the doulas can be charging an hourly rate when they're working with a family, um, but there's a lot of unpaid time that goes into it. Um, so connections to job opportunities is a big one. The agency is often the one doing, you know, advertising and marketing and networking, um, getting those inquiries from families, scheduling initial intake calls, um, doing that follow-up after the intake call if the family hasn't made up their mind yet. So really it can take 
um, a lot of work off of the plate of, of a doula. That's the other thing we would hear is doulas would say, you know, I get really busy, but then when I'm really busy with the families, I drop any of my marketing efforts or my networking efforts. And so that because I'm so busy with the family. And so then when I'm done with that family, there's no one lined up waiting because mm-hmm. I haven't had time to do those things. Right. So yeah, absolutely. More, more consistent job opportunities and, and then just taking some of the work off their plate. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So um, I guess I want to just be a little bit devil's advocate too and say maybe mm-hmm. what are some of the disadvantages of being a doula in, in an agency rather than being independent? Yeah, so that could depend a bit on the type of agency and then the agency itself, right? Of course. Um, so one common type of agency here is where the uh, doulas are independent contractors for an agency. So in that model, the family would be hiring the agency and paying the agency a certain rate. Um, and then usually the agency is um, paying their doulas a certain hourly rate out of that. And so often what that means is that the doula is making less than she would privately, um, you know, taking private clients. Um, how much less really kind of depends, uh, you know, on the, the agency and the, and the area. Um, you know, again, some doulas will make that calculation that it's, you know, it's, it's a little less per hour, but I'm going to have more steady work. And a lot of the unpaid work is taken off my plate. They, I always tell them they can't forget, you know, they might think they're making 35 or $40 per hour, but if they fold in all the unpaid time, you know, that, that has to be part of the calculation as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, for some, it's just too significant of a pay cut for it to make sense for them. Um, so that and I guess one. that, I mm-hmm. guess that depends on how much they enjoy or how good they are at the marketing. Cause some doulas yeah. just don't want to have to think about that stuff. Whereas others might actually really enjoy creating little Insta stories or doing public speaking yes. like that might be a part of the work that they enjoy. So that's not a problem for them. Exactly. You know? Yep. Yeah. 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 It definitely varies. Um, and definitely, you know, not necessarily for, for everyone. Um, other disadvantages. I mean, I guess other disadvantages might depend on sort of how much control the agency owner um, attempts to have, let's say over, you know, and again, some of this depends on the law, right? So if there, some agencies employ their doulas um, and, and maybe um, in that case, there might be certain requirements in terms of, let's say, you know, how many hours you have to work or the type of schedule you have to work or um, other types of things where the agency owner might be controlling certain, um, you know, terms or conditions that may or may not you know, feel right for a doula. Usually with the independent contractor relationship, there's, you know, there's less of that control exerted. Um, but, but yeah, that's another, um, it's another, you know, disadvantage I could, I could think of. A lot of people, you know, like being able to say yes or no to jobs and decide, uh, you know, what type of schedule they want to work and, and, um, and how, you know, how much they want to work. So, um, so, you know. yeah, so let's talk about different kinds of agencies because from what I understand about the way your agency is set up, then doulas can set their own rates, choose their own hours, and they're not subcontractors. They don't have to do a minimum requirement. So how does that work? What's um, what's kind of different about the way you run things and, and how are other 
how do other agency models work too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a change for us. And we used to have the doulas as, as contractors and, you know, would always sort of try to strike that balance between, you know, what can we charge the families that's, that's reasonable and, and how can we pay the doulas well while still being able to cover our costs? And, um, and, it, and it worked actually fairly well for, for quite a while. And um, the reason we changed to what you're describing had a lot more to do with um, just kind of capacity. We were turning families, well, our systems sort of were worked well for a team of four to six, but didn't work as well for a team of 15. Um, and we wanted to find a way to just sort of increase our capacity and, and reduce this administrative, um, you know, workload that, that came with that, that level of volume. Um, so yeah, the, you know, there's different types of agents so I, you know, just referred to the independent contractor one. Um, laws have changed in a number of states, and so some of those agencies that um, have their doulas as independent contractors are switching or looking at switching to an employment model. Um, mm. Yeah, and you know, there's pros and cons to that too. I mean, probably for a lot of agency owners to make that work, if you think about it, it really increases the, the, the expenses for agency owners. If now they're having to potentially pay for sick time, um, if the doulas can't make a shift, even though that shift might end up being rescheduled and paid to the doula anyway. Um, so suddenly the, the, you know, what they're charging the families has to, unless there's another source of revenue, you know, has to somehow cover a new, very expensive workers comp policy, um, you know, sick time, um, uh, you know, c- contributions to taxes. So um, in that case, while some doulas might like the idea of being employed and some of that might sound nice, very often it's going to be, it's going to have to be a lower hourly rate for an agency than they might be used to, you know, either as definitely as a private doula, but maybe even as an independent contractor um, for, for an agency to make that work. Unless the agency has like a, a healthy second or third revenue stream, you know, and can figure it out that way. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see agencies um, grapple with. Um, so there's the independent contractor model, the employment model, and then there's what I what I call, um, you know, the referral model and the placement model. And I, I kind of distinguish between those two. Some agencies will um, refer, you know, still recruit doulas in the same way um, and and have that quality assurance and, and do that matching matchmaking um, process, but um, but charge the doula a fee, like a percentage usually, um, for any of the jobs that she that that, that doula gets hired for. Um, and so I think of that as referral model. I'm not sure that everybody uses all the same terminology as I do. Um, and so that might be the, the nice thing about that is very often that referral fee um, could still preserve that doula's ability to make closer to her, her set rate um, than maybe an agency might be able to pay, you know, so she can charge her own, her own hourly rate and then, you know, pay to the agency a percentage of that. But usually, um, in most cases, that allows for that doula to make more per hour than they might make as a contractor or an employee. Um, mm-hmm. And then the flip side of that would be the placement model where um, the doulas fully set their own rates. And um, and when a family, and same thing, agency plays matchmaker and does all the things I mentioned before. And when a family hires one of the candidates, the family would pay to the agency a uh, either a percentage or some have a flat fee um, for that matching process and for access to one of the vetted doulas from the agency's 
um, network. Um, sometimes in that case, the job might be listed by the agency at a certain hourly rate. Sometimes that's going to be the same hourly rate as the doula might charge privately, or if it's a bit less, you know, the doula has the option to decide, do I want to apply for that job anyway, because it's a good timing for me or a good location for me, or am I not going to apply for anything under, you know, a certain dollar amount, but there's, there's that autonomy there. Um, you know, for the doulas to make that choice. Are you loving this podcast? Check out our books at newbornmothers.com. Nourishing Newborn Mothers is a recipe book designed to nourish your mind, body and soul after childbirth. And my second book, Newborn Mothers, was a bestseller. I know, I can't believe it either. It's about baby brain, village building and how to find happiness in 21st century parenting. You can get the first chapter free of both books at newbornmothers.com books. I love it. That's really interesting and, and I think helpful for, un- for people to understand. And it means that if a family is thinking of using an agency and listening to this or a doula is thinking of joining an agency and listening to this, then they can kind of get an idea of what to ask about and what to look for and yeah. what is important to them. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, there's pros and cons to all of them, right? Um, yeah. And uh, depending on how you how you look at it, but I do think you know for agencies who um, you know are trying to fill the need these days, we're just seeing a real increase um, in demand. Um, you know, and it's and it's hard to fill that need. So finding ways to make it more palatable to the doulas is going to be a goal for a lot of agencies, while still, of course, making it um, doable and sustainable for the agency to cover costs and, of course, compensate um, the owner for what is really a ton of work and a lot of risk and and you know a lot of um, just um, how else do I say lots of work. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of work. And, and are you finding, I'm just going to put you on the spot for a second here, but are you finding over the pandemic that the increase for postpartum support has increased or decreased? Yeah, it's increased. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, at least where, where we are here in San Diego. But I'm, I think I'm hearing it from agency owners everywhere, really. Um, we, you know, we saw I what I thought was an initial increase um, you know, initially at the very beginning of the pandemic, we sort of put everything on hold and stopped going to shifts to reassess and figure out how we, how to, what we needed to do to make it feel safe. And, um, but often once we sort of started returning back to the homes, we saw that there was more of a need because family members couldn't come support. Right. And a lot of families here are international and they're, 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 the grandparents couldn't come help if that was the original plan, um, you know, or the sister couldn't come visit. So we found there was more of a need because um, families here couldn't lean on their own family for as much support. And then I just haven't seen that change despite the fact that, you know, borders are open and, and people can travel and, and um, family members are visiting each other again. Um, we're just, the, the demand is yeah. still high. Yeah. We're just still seeing a very, very high demand. I, I'm seeing, so here's the thing I should share. You know, I, it used to be that if a family called with, you know, two to three months before their due date, and let's say I didn't have anybody on my team and I would kind of post on Facebook to see, is there anybody else I know out there that might be interested that I could connect this, this family with, um, and, uh, you know, not as vetted by my agency, but just, you know, someone that I am familiar with. And, um, if you posted something, you know, two to three months in advance of the due date, you'd have a lot of interest, 
um, for that job, I want to say. And I now know doulas who are booked through December. Where are we? Yeah. Now? So yeah. it's May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so women are booking earlier and earlier in, yeah. their, in their pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, it's, you know, PSA <laughs> book early. If you want your, your choice of doula, that's what I'm starting to tell people. And, you know, you hate to be kind of fear monger, but I, I'm just, I'm really, this is a, a noticeable change, um, I think in the industry. And so doulas are booking up six, seven, eight, <laughs> believe it or not, months in advance. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm seeing that too, um, talking okay. to people all around the world. And I think, like you were saying, it was partly the closed borders and unable to travel and, and have visitors in your home and all of that was an early catalyst. But the fact that it stayed on, I think, has meant that actually we've had a real change in, in culture of understanding mm-hmm. the value of support and community and and having people around. I think um I think that's been a kind of a, a cultural shift that we've that we've seen happening globally yeah. as a result of yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I sort of felt like it was where I was already seeing a cultural shift before the pandemic was it, earlier in my years as a doula and as an agency owner, so many of my initial calls with families would be like, what even is this? <laughs> you know, yeah. like I've heard yeah. of this. I don't know what this is, but oh, oh, and this is the other thing. I, so many of our calls early on were babies two weeks old and they're having their, oh, you know what yeah. moment, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so many of our calls early on were, I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't plan for this. Um, I haven't heard of this, but I know I need something. And so we were already seeing a shift to the calls being like, okay, my friends told me, <laughs> they told me I have to do this. Uh, they told me it's the best money they've ever spent. <laughs> um, so, and so we were, even before the pandemic, I think seeing more awareness than, than a few years before, just more of an awareness that this is a thing um, and that this is a service and, and, and what the value is. But then I think you must be right that, that during the pandemic, families that wouldn't have otherwise turned to this service, because let's say they have strong support, you know, um, it, although families with strong support also hire doulas, but, um, you know, families that wouldn't have otherwise turned to it, turned to it. And you're right, that must, that, that must have, you know, some, you know, percentage of an impact on just the overall awareness. Yeah, I think so. And I think we appreciate childcare workers and teachers and nurses and all of those kind of caring roles, you know, globally, mm-hmm. we've kind of gone like, oh, we've been, you know, we've been missing this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> didn't realize how much. Yeah. We, we didn't those. realize how important we were taking it for granted. And, and mm-hmm. now I think we're really leaning into it. Yeah. This is so interesting. So your your um, agency name is One Moon Doula Services. Um, can yes. you tell us a little bit about, you're in San Diego, but um, tell us a little bit about where people can learn more about you and, um, yeah, what people can, can, yeah. can find sure. from you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, and I was telling you before we recorded that one of the things I'm most excited about this change that we've made, um, as I said, it used to be an independent contractor model. And for us, it was much more kind of labor intensive uh, with more administrative work. And now this placement model is I kind of feel like we've deconstructed what we used to do um, and put it back together in a new way. So one of the things we used to do, and I didn't even list this as a benefit of joining an agency, or, or maybe I alluded to it, but um, you know, well, one thing, well, okay, that's a tangent. I'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
But, you know, I, I talked a little bit about the, the support being with an agency. And part of that was the professional development. We would have meetings and I did say this and guest speakers and things like that. We did it traditionally just for our internal team of doulas. And so when I sort of deconstructed our model and put it back together a new way, um, I thought, well, I still want the doulas, even though they're not part of an internal team anymore. I still want them to benefit from the camaraderie and from these meetings and from these guest speakers um, and just from this support. And so I decided to restructure it as a membership um, where doulas and, you know, initially it was going to be for the doulas in San Diego that we refer families to. And of course, then it occurred to me, well, doulas anywhere could benefit from these meetings we've been having and these workshops we've been doing. Um, so soon we will be opening that up, um, that any doula can join and pay a low monthly fee to just have access to these workshops and meetings. So, um, I will tell them where to find that, but a little bit, you know, we just did a workshop about, um, you know, kind of shoring up their contracts and considerations for contracting. We're doing one soon about specifically supporting dads during postpartum. We will be having a speaker about kind of diet culture and the risks for disordered eating. We're going to go, we're going to do one with me with a deeper dive into sort of pros and cons of joining an agency and what to look for. Um, we're going to hopefully have you come talk about changes to the brain during postpartum. So that's just like a little taste. It's the combination of business, um, you know, business support, but also just subject matter, you know, expertise. Um, so that doulas who take a training then feel like they have somewhere to come ask their questions and, um, and get support and learn from, we'll have mentor doulas in that group, you know, answering questions in an online forum and, and sharing all kinds of resources. So, um, that's what I'm really excited about. And we can, people can find information at onemoondoula.com. Um, they can also, you know, follow us on Facebook where we share a lot of, of these events as well. What else should I tell them in terms of, um, that's no, that's us? great. We, we can include all those links in the show notes. And, um, great. It, it, so, it, so basically if you live in San Diego and you're interested, you can come along in real life and join, but, but even if you don't have the benefit of having an agency nearby, you can get some of those educational and camaraderie aspects just by, um, joining in some of those webinars and things like that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah that's absolutely. Great. We hear from so many doulas that they, you know, that they train depending on the training, of course, and some provide more ongoing support than others, but you know, that they train and then they sort of feel like you know floating out there <laughs> mm, yeah um, and so this is sort of the idea of like a mentorship you know but but not just for newer doulas either because you know there's always I mean I just attended that one on disordered eating and learned so much I didn't know and um, there's always more we can learn and um, and nice to always be have a be able to have a place we can you know ask our questions as well yeah, absolutely. No, that's really handy. Thanks so much. That's been really mm -hmm. valuable for me, learning a little bit more about how agencies work and, um, yeah, chatting to you Great. all these years later. It's been, um, <laughs> I think, eight years since we first chatted about you starting an agency Probably. and, and here yeah. we are. Yeah. No, so, I appreciate it. It's been really fun reconnecting with you too and, and I love getting this information out there. I mean, I just think... Um, you know, there's so many ways to go about this and about this career, you know, and there's not, not a ton of guidance. So mm. um, I, I hope people find it useful. Yeah, it's been very helpful to me. So I'm sure our listeners have found it useful as well. Thank you so much, Catherine. And, and we'll pop all the, the notes up um, underneath the show. 
Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.